Hello and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie, and this is my 100th episode. I am so excited and so honored that so many people still want to listen to this podcast. (laughs) When I started this podcast three years ago, I had no idea how long I was going to go, how many episodes, how many seasons. I said, I'm just going to roll with it. I felt called to start this podcast. Just really grateful that I did and that I listened to that intuition. Beyond grateful for those of you who take the time out of your life and your day to listen. Thank you so, so, so much. And for this 100th episode, I wanted to do something a little special. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I have each season's been a little bit different. So my first season was all interviews. My second season was a mix of interviews and solo episodes. My third season was all me. And my fourth season has been all me talking to you. Thank you so much for listening again. But I wanted to do something special for the 100th episode, and I invited two of my dear friends and also collaborators to join. And so we have an amazing conversation today with AC Brown and Amari Ice. You know, I wanted to take advantage of this opportunity to get some really great powerful, actionable wisdom about manifestation from the both of them to share with all of you because they've been in this game a long time. (laughs) So we get into manifestation. Mari, AC, and I each answer a few questions about manifestation that I think will be really powerful and hopefully very helpful to you. So definitely enjoy this episode. But before we get started, I did not properly introduce Amari and AC. So I'm going to read you their bios right now so you can know exactly the amazing people that you're about to hear from. Amari. Amari Ice is a gay love coach, hypnotherapist, and matchmaker who helps single men master their romantic magic by developing their dating skills, healing subconscious patterns of self-sabotage, and enhancing their romantic magnetism so that love becomes inevitable. I love that. Amari and I both say that. Making love inevitable. That's what we do. Utilizing his expertise in personality psychology, interpersonal communication, and romantic branding, Amari has helped over 1,000 men achieve emotionally intelligent results in love and life. According to the Global Love Institute, he's the first Black gay certified matchmaker in the entire love industry. Although he primarily helps singles level up their relationship skills, On the celebrity front, Amari matched Matt and Daniel, the first successful gay couple on the Married at First Sight TV franchise. Pretty amazing. And you can find Amari on all the socials at Prince Amari, and that's A-M-A-R-I, or at his website, amarimeanslove.com. And AC Brown. AC Brown is a psychic channel, oracle, and voice of truth. Through spiritual guidance, she offers tools that inspire and motivate others to look at all parts of themselves so they can develop the awareness to heal and show up in their lives fully. Yes, AC Brown. AC knows that you were made for more than what you've been shown. Her unique wisdom and insight will allow you to step into the magical motherfucker you've always been. That's right, (laughs) whether you knew it or not. So that's Amari and AC, and AC is A-Y-C-E-E Brown, and you can find her on all the socials and her website, which is acbrown.com. All right, so without further ado, let us jump into my conversation with my friends, AC Brown and Amari Ice. Hi, friends. 
Hi. Hey. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. You know we got you anytime. Wonder Twins, Wonder Triplets, activate. So we're here to talk about our favorite topic, which is manifestation. This is my 100th episode of Dear Franny podcast. Oh, yay. I couldn't think of who would I rather have other than Amari and AC. There's no one. Fair point. Thank you both for saying yes <laughs> and being with me on this momentous occasion. So this whole season of Dear Franny has been about manifestation, season four, and each episode, different topic about manifestation. And here for number 100, I really wanted to take advantage of having the two of you and your expertise and your experience so listeners can really get the goods from the two of you. And we got some questions because I did solicit some questions from the audience. And what I discovered was some of them were like just a little bit too hyper-specific to people's situations. And so I decided that the best way to do this would be to kind of take the main gist of the questions and just make the questions more general. So if you did submit a question, thank you. And you did contribute. Even though we're not answering your question directly, we are still speaking to you. So thank you. All right. So the very first question is, how do you manifest? How do you manifest? So I don't know if one of you wants to start. I can talk about I mean, but they hear from me a lot. So there's not going to be any video. So you can't see that Amari is wearing his crown. So Amari just put the crown on. Oh, man. Got his crown on, child. <laughs> I got one on. I just got on my dress. I decided I didn't put one on today. I was like, fuck that. Yeah, you know, I only uh, wear my crown whenever I'm at work. Wait, I, wait. I didn't know that. Holds, please. So <laughs> wait a minute. Gotta interject. <laughs> what do the people that you are dating or in relationships do when they see you put this on they're like what is what are you doing you'd be like oh you at work i'm gonna leave you alone <laughs> very good see the people know i only wear the crown when i'm at work so and here's what's funny the people yell at me like if i do videos or something no crown people are like where's the crown the crown is beside the show but that's how it goes so to your question franny how do i manifest i love this question because it really gets at some of the underlying premises and perhaps like the false premises that people have about manifestation, which is that you can turn manifestation on and off. Like we're all always manifesting just a function of being a human. It's a function of being a spiritual being in this plane. Like we can't not manifest in the same way that we can't stop breathing and still live for long, at least. So the how is almost like asking, how do you do gravity? It's just happening. However, there are ways that we can be intentional about what we manifest. We can't turn it off, but we can focus our ability to manifest on certain things. And that question I can answer. So for me, when I'm intentionally manifesting anything, for me, it starts with the desire. Like, what is it that I want, right? And then the decision to allow myself to have that desire. So to make this more simple, the desire is already there. I didn't make myself want something I just do. And so normally I start at it's the decision. That's the first step of the process. But it's in response to the desire that's already there. Once I've made a decision to let myself have something, let's say it's a million dollars, right? I'm deciding to allow myself 
to have a million dollars. That's the decision. The second thing is making peace with the decision that I've made. And this is for a long time, I will always get caught up here around I want a thing. And now how do I, you know, get on the frequency of it? Or how do I get on the same wavelength of it? Because that's what you get taught you need to do to manifest. But in reality, when you make peace with the decision to let yourself have something, that is the moment you get in harmony in on the same frequency, on the same wavelength as the thing. So I allow myself to make peace with what I want. And then I do whatever my instincts tell me to do next. Sometimes that's go take a nap. Sometimes it's watch a Netflix show. Sometimes it's go get a bottle of water. But inevitably, that action will lead me to something else I didn't even think of and would seem benign. So it's something I couldn't necessarily like plan. For example, it's go get a bottle of water and I get up and I go and oh, there's no more in the pantry. Right. A new delivery got dropped off this morning. I forgot to grab it. Let me go grab it. And then I bump into someone in the hallway when I'm going for the delivery. And that turns into an opportunity and they connect me to somebody that, you know, allows that manifestation of money or whatever it is to come to fruition. So it's not like, a you know, I want to find love make peace and then immediately get on a dating app. Sometimes it is, but it's really about trusting whatever your instincts are telling you to do because the fastest path between you and the manifestation of your desires is your instincts and your intuition. That's the short answer to the question. For me, it's after I have a desire, make a decision to give myself permission to have it, make peace with that decision, and then do whatever I feel like doing next. And inevitably, whatever I have the intention for is going to show up. That's how it works for me. How's it work for you, AC? That was good. It's funny when you said make a decision because I have made a decision and I don't know when this is going to air, but (laughs) I've made a decision that and it's been a really strong decision, but it's been really strong that I am going to get an amazing literary agent and then before the end of the year sign a six or seven figure like book deal. And so that's my decision. I've made that decision. I've taken the steps. I'm doing the thing, all of that. And so today I got an email (laughs) from a major publisher, but making the decision is half the battle than surrendering and how it comes. So mind you, you know, this is just a thing in the hat. I'm going to have a conversation I'm still in the process of writing the book proposal. But how that email got to me is someone who knows me had a meeting with the company and told them, I don't have the time right now to write. That's not where I'm at right now in my life. I'm not ready for that. And so the person was like, oh, do you know anybody who's ready? She was like, yeah, I know somebody who's ready for that right now. And they gave him my name. The person who gave my name had no clue that I was been working on a proposal. But that decision part is so important. And I think when we talk about how do you manifest or how do I manifest, a lot of the times that decision wasn't decided. And that's why I didn't get what I wanted. But now that I'm being a lot clearer in deciding, no, this is what I want and releasing it, it's been a lot easier and things start coming to you faster. So the decision-making and then the surrendering, that they go hand in hand. But I believe that for me, manifestation and how I manifest, I have to just believe and have to, because when I got the email, I just like looked up and was like, is it going to be that easy? And, <laughs> and so I'm like, it's going to be that easy. Okay. You just have to kind of 
or as I like to say, you have to clear the path for the things to come to you. That's delicious. Ooh, and you made me think about something. Speaking of delicious, a lot of times we say we want something and and this is kind of connecting to that decision piece. How do we know when we've made a decision versus when we're just like, oh, it would be nice to have a thing. And I think of it like going to a restaurant and the waiter asks, what will you be having tonight? And you're like, oh, I'll have the salad, right? That like little nuance in language, I want a salad versus I'm having the salad. I think for a lot of people, if they just phrased it in the I'm having this, they would immediately be that much closer to the manifestation of their intention. Because when we think of desire, we often think of the unfulfillment of the desire. Oh, I want more money, but I don't have it versus, oh, I'll have the money tonight off the menu, which is a totally different feeling, even though it's very nuanced. It, it's such a different right. energy. And, and I think that will really energy. help tons of yeah. people. And also I might add too, I think that we also don't test the universe enough. Yes. Yeah. Like, no, I want this. If this is an alignment or show me, present show me. something, <laughs> like, give me a sprinkle of it. Yeah. Prove it. And so that for me today was like, oh, okay, I'm on the right path. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I needed to kind of keep going. Not saying that I was stopping or anything like that. It was just more like the universe just tapping me like, hey girl, we see you. We, we, we know the request is there. Keep doing what you're doing kind of thing. Yeah. Like we know you're on a time frame. Like, you know, cause I said, listen, I need my book deal by December 31st, 2022. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. Oh, but I'm joining you in that, by the way, because you, you know my whole situation. But yeah, I'm. It's all good. Yeah, and it's all divine, and it's all coming and folding easily. Yes. Sometimes it's just easy. We can let it be easy, right? I love what both of you said, and I wish that I had this podcast to listen to ten years ago. <laughs> I hear what everybody is sharing because this is like it takes a lot of work to really not just intellectually understand how manifestation works, but to get to the place where you can really embody it. Mm. I'll speak for myself. I mean, there's always the things that we all naturally manifest very easily because just by default, our programming is very aligned in terms of like our desire for something and our belief that we can have it and all of that. So some things we all manifest easily, but I'm talking about <laughs> for the things that weren't so easy, right? Like it's been a long journey. So it's exciting to me to get to have these conversations so people can learn from them and not have to do all of the trial and error that we had to, right? But I love it because everything that you both said is really exactly, I mean, I agree. And I think I thought about this question in two ways, like in terms of number one, like mechanically, like what do I do to manifest, right? And mechanically, I write it down. I write down what I want. And then I go to town. So I write it down and I go to town. Write it down, go to town. On a bus, a plane, or a train. <laughs> and I go to town on just getting excited about it, right? I go to town on just doing, like, just like both of you said, like, what is arising for me? Like, what's the inspiration? Right? Because some things it's like, oh, now I, ooh, okay, yeah, okay, I, all right, I'm gonna go do this. And then I'm gonna like research it, or I'm gonna do a deep dive in a book that I know is really gonna inspire me and get me aligned or what meditation, like all those things that get me to that place where now I can trust that whatever's coming up and saying, okay, hey, do this, hey, do that. Mm -hmm. It's all in alignment, right? 
so that's mechanically how I manifest. And in terms of foundationally, it's really, you know, you both just totally said it. It's like, I used to be a person who very much was like, okay, I want to manifest this. I want to manifest that. And I could like have a whole list of things that I want to manifest. And now it's different because now I know that as long as I am being in alignment with my true self, that things are going to arise just naturally. And just, I got an idea this morning for a new business. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that feels good. I'm like, all right, guess I'm doing that. You know, I'm not doing it right now because I have other priorities at the moment, but I have gotten to a place now where I trust that if I want it, then it's mine. As long as it's coming from that true place, right? My true self, not from my ego mind, not from my like, ooh, that's a shiny thing. But like, if it's coming up, like, ooh, this is an experience you want to have. Money. This is a big aha that I had. Everybody has different reasons for wanting money and everybody's reasons are different. But I can just tell you my whole life, I have wanted money. It's part of my true nature. Like as a child, <laughs> I was like, wait, why do we live here and not there? I don't understand. Yes. <laughs> a mix up. <laughs> I'd be like, wait a second. What do you mean we can't afford that? That doesn't... Mm. I don't think so. Right. Like it's just literally, it's just been in me. I just take it to this point. I'm like, it's just a spiritual assignment. Like, yeah, that's it. Right. And so just like all the other things that I've been called to experience in my life, it's like, that's my assignment. I'm not going to judge it. It just is what it is. Right. And so yeah, that's how I manifest. But this is great. This is great. All right. We got some more questions to get through. Let's go to the next one. Interesting. Cause this came up in a, a couple of different other questions from people can slash should everyone manifest? Can everyone be a manifester? And should everyone be a manifester? And obviously, we're talking about intentional manifestation, because as you said, Amari, everyone is naturally manifesting all the Mm. time, right? But in terms of intentional manifestation, Amari, you look like you got something to say. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, (laughs) you know, a lot of times we have conversations and we'll give a response, but then someone will come up and be like, well, what about if you have a special circumstance or what about if you're neurodivergent or what if you grew up poor or what if like there's always a situation that doesn't fit the i guess you would call it like general advice but the thing i want everybody to keep in mind is that this is general advice like this is not the specialized podcast episode necessarily right and so i'm going to say some things that generally apply to most people but obviously don't apply to everybody in certain situations. And those individual situations are what you want to work with a coach on because in that environment, things can be more tailored to your unique situation. So with all that said, yes, everybody can manifest intentionally, but the way that is going to work best for each of us might look different based on who we are, our context, our beliefs at the time, our current level of development, are, you know, when I was five, I couldn't understand things in a way that I can understand them now. So I might have needed it to be explained a little differently, but I was still a master manifester at five. I just didn't know that that's what I was doing. Right. So you mentioned you were always <laughs> that desire of money. And my mom, when I was a little kid, she told me this. And then I went home to Indianapolis, um, which is where my family is a couple of weeks ago. And she repeated the same thing. When I was a kid, she told me I was born to be in VIP, but I didn't know what she meant by that. So we didn't grow up with a lot of money. We didn't grow up with a lot of resources or access or whatever. 
but I always had a palette for quality things. And like, that was her point. It didn't matter where we were or what we did. I was always <laughs> with that level of consciousness. Right. And I think for each of us, there are things that are just a part of who we are, things that we desire, things that we And I would say everything that you desire, you already deserve. Like there's no having to prove it, right? But like the things we desire, the things we deserve, the things we can even begin to fathom, a lot of that has roots in who we've always been. There's nothing that you desire that is not in alignment with who you are, right? I say that from the context of a true in your heart desire. Because sometimes we say we want something, we don't actually want it. That's different. Sometimes people tell us we should want things and we're like, okay, I guess I want that. That is also different. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that are yours, that no one had to convince you or, you know, cajole you into desiring. It's just you already want those things. Those are meant to carry you along your path, along, you know, your own growth, development, evolution. Like these things are meant for your journey. And to not fulfill those things, I feel like then puts us in a position to delay our own progress. And so the desires we have are like the breadcrumbs that the universe has given us internally that tell us where we are meant to be, where we are to go, what we should be doing, what we should be having. Like I, I feel that way about it. Yes, everybody has those, but it's going to look different based on your individual experience, you know, your mindset, your heart set, like all those different things. Love it. AC Brown, how about you? Can and should everyone manifest? I, yes, everyone can and everyone should, because at times for me, manifestation was a part of my survival. So I had no other choice to manifest or to think outside of what I saw to bring the things that I wanted to when times were really, really hard. I remember probably it's, this is bad. I hope, I hope this doesn't happen. I'm trying to manifest happiness, but probably for, gosh, maybe like the last six or seven years I've cried on my birthday. And some of those cries were like really rough cries of me not being able to pay my bills and all of that stuff. This birthday was bad. My dog died on my birthday. So that was rough. But next year, I'm not crying on my birthday. But I say that to say, (laughs) I might cry if it's a good cry. Manifesting has gotten me through, even if it was manifesting $25. Absolutely. Yeah. Manifesting an Amazon gift card manifesting something really small to just help me keep going. So I do believe that everyone can and they should, because for some of us and at certain times in our life, it is a part of the survival and how we are getting through. Amen to that. I agree. Everybody can manifest and I wish that everyone would. (laughs) Um, And um, I think, you know, to your point, Amari, Are there factors that make it more challenging for some people to manifest in some situations? Yes, right? Just practically speaking. And, but the real reason that most people don't manifest is, in my opinion and experience, it's not because their circumstances are such that they're not going to get what they want. Because you can, if you have the desire, I don't believe that the universe says, if you have the desire, you can have it, except for you. (laughs) You're different, right? 
you might have to go about it in a different way, right? You have to start to shift how you think and your perspective, but to make the decision. Yeah. Ultimately, what I see holding people back from manifestation is that they don't have the will. They don't have the will to commit to the journey. It's in that place of wishing and hoping and fantasizing and wanting, but it's not in that place of, all right, well, this is what I'm going to have, right? And I've done this so many times, you know, in my life where it's just been like, I mean, I remember studying for the bar, right? Because those of you who are listening, I was an attorney in my former life. And I remember when I was studying for the bar and all my classmates and I stayed, I went to University of Michigan for law school and I stayed in Ann Arbor for the summer after graduation. And most people did, right? Because you just, you know, study and there's bar courses and whatever. And my view on the bar was, I'm only taking this test one time. Failure is not an option. Like literally I was like, there's no choice but to pass. But also I'm a projector, right? (laughs) I'm not a burn the midnight oil. I've never pulled an all-nighter in my life, right? And so I'm surrounded by all these type A law students. People are studying from sunrise to midnight. And I'm like on the sofa watching a baby story, a dating story, (laughs) a wedding story, (laughs) law and order being like, I need to go take a break. Oh, those shows were so good. They were so good. They were so good. And and I remember there being times where I was like, I I would get kind of paranoid, like I'm studying a lot less than everyone else. I was like, but... I just, it wasn't like I wasn't studying. It's just, I can only study for a few hours a day. And then I was done. I was like, all right, wall is hit. I can't do anymore, right? I passed the bar with flying colors. I got a higher score on the test itself I'd ever gotten on any practice exam. And I truly believe it's because I was just like, there is no other option. (laughs) I will pass this test. Mm -hmm. And I did it my way. I wasn't, I didn't fall into the pressure of, okay, now I have to force myself to sit and study for 12 hours a day and kill myself, right? Yep. I'm not going to, I couldn't do it and I didn't do it <laughs> and it all worked out. Okay. I think it's about that desire, right? And it's just about that decision. And that is the part. And I think that is really where people need the coaching, right? The coaching comes from how do I overcome my resistance to claiming it, right? Because that's the work. Because otherwise, once you get there and there's no resistance and you just open yourself up and you're allowing yourself to be guided, that's when everything flows, right? So the desire and the flow, that it's that balance that gets in the way. Next question. So what is your best advice for people? What is your, I mean, you've already given amazing advice, but if you could distill, you know, one or two key lessons from your manifestation journeys for folks and if you want to think about that for a moment, I'll give, you, I'll give my answer because I thought about it already. Again, this is a hard one and learned lesson, which is that if you have a sincere desire and a sincere commitment to the process, you can manifest anything as long as it's coming from a place of sincere desire, right? And so the challenge then becomes, what is my true self and what is my conditioned self, right? If you're all of your manifestations, all your goals are arising from your conditioned self, then yeah, it's going to be a lot harder, right? Because what we're doing, we're manifesting is that we're coming to a place of knowing that the thing that we want is already ours. And so like, so for instance, if I decided I want to manifest winning um, an Academy Award for Best Actress, because that's just been my dream my whole life to win an Academy Award for Best Actress and be the youngest person ever to do it, be like, well, that's impossible because <laughs> you're damn near 50. <laughs> you know, I could have that idea in my mind, but like my, there's never going to be a knowing 
because my true self is like, first of all, you don't even want that. You did drama in seventh grade and you hated it. (laughs) So like you never had any desire to act and you're not going to be the youngest person to win an Oscar because you're damn near 50. (laughs) So of course I'm never going to manifest that. Right. So it's about understanding like my true self is saying and Mm -hmm. calling me to do that's what I need to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, and as long as it's coming from there and you have a sincere desire and you have a sincere commitment to overcoming any resistance, then you can manifest anything. So that's my most, that's as succinct as I can be with my best advice. How about you, AC Brown? So my best advice would probably be, depending on how old you are, I would say if you're over 30 listening to this, or even over 35, I would say go back to your teenage self and think about the things that they wanted. And depending on where you are in your life, I can guarantee that some of those things are starting to align now. Yeah. And if you can just take a moment to ground yourself and tap into that younger self and ask them, is this, is what, is this what we wanted? Is this what we planned? And if the answer is no, then you have an opportunity Ooh. to change it Ooh. no matter where you are. Your younger self will tell you the truth, yeah. too. <laughs> Listen, she'd be like, good. We didn't ask for this. What are you doing? Not the I love that. <laughs> and so I say do that because at certain ages, 15, 16, 17 was the purest I don't want to say it was a version of ourselves that didn't unscathed, you know, because we had things, trauma, all of those things happen in those ages as well. But there's a part of our mind that knows exactly what we want. And then the rest of life happens. So if you can just look back and have a conversation with that person and say, was this what we wanted? And if the answer is yes, then keep going. If the answer is no, change switch directions, plot twists. I love that. Wait, so what's your advice for people if they're under 35? Live, make mistakes, be okay with knowing that who you are today might be a different person and be okay with that. And not because things are not going great, but there's just an awareness about yourself that you gain when you age that I knew it was possible, but I didn't understand it when I was 25, when I was 30. Mm. But the clarity that I have now is I can't even express how clear things have gotten. Mm -hmm. And so allow yourself to live in the clouds (laughs) and the cloudiness if you are under 35. Allow yourself to live in the clouds. Oh, that's so, I love that. I I think for me, it was 40. That was, I remember waking up on my 40th birthday and I was like, oh, I am officially out of fucks to give. It was literally like somebody had flipped a switch. Listen, I was a different person. I had been dating this guy, you know, he texted me, he's some text. And I was just like, yeah, mm, I'm not doing this anymore. Before I even got out of bed, I had broke up with him. First of all, I love that you woke up one day and you're like, oh, my fucks are all out of stock. (laughs) Permanently sold out, not being restocked. (laughs) They've been discontinued. (laughs) I was like, no, I'm 40. I'm not doing this shit no more. I'm 40. I ain't doing this no more. Like, it was like, it was so liberating. Oh, God. 
Love that. I can't wait to turn 50. Oh my I got gosh. A little more than two years to go. Oh, I love that so much. And I can't wait because when I turn 50, y'all, <laughs> watch out. Okay, Amari. <laughs> and it kind of blends into what my advice is. I think a lot of times, you know, we have this desire, especially desires to do something big to like something life-changing to change the world to make millions of dollars to have the relationship of our dreams like when we have been through situations that have felt disempowering or situations that don't allow us to be in the flow of our own instincts it can often feel like wanting something is pointless it can feel like desires are not going to get fulfilled anyway. So why should I let myself want something if I haven't been able to, you know, experience what it's like to not have to struggle in whatever that area is you may be struggling in. And so it often brings up the concept of like, some people call it uh, imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to have the money? Who am I to have the relationship? Who am I to, you know, have the body I want, whatever. And the thing that really shifted things for me and worked so well for a lot of my clients, my favorite phrase is, why not me? Why not us? Right? Why not? Like all the stuff we've been through, why not? Yep. I love it. Have something good happen. And I I think often we will not necessarily recognize that our identity is the template for everything that we manifest. Mm -hmm. And if I see myself as a person who doesn't deserve or doesn't, you know, have the whatever it takes for the desire to be possible, we will usually like sabotage the opportunities to make it possible. And I don't mean like necessarily go and do something physically, but like we will talk ourselves out of making the decision to have it, right? Or you won't even see the opportunities. You'll be totally blind to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We'll just be blind to it because, you know, we've decided that for us, it just can't be possible or it can't last or whatever. But again, like why, why not you, right? And if you can see just a little bit of that, right? A little bit of the the gumption that why not me gives to be like, oh, well, maybe I should give myself permission to have this. Maybe I can test it out, even if I've never experienced whatever good this is before. It can create this shift in what you not only see for yourself, but see or say about yourself, the way that you talk to yourself internally and that that why not becomes, oh, well, then I can, right? There's not a reason I shouldn't give myself permission to have the things that I want. So I am going to give myself permission and I'm doing it now. I'm giving myself permission to have the relationship. I'm giving myself permission to have the money, to have the body, to have the health, to have, you know, the bigger bedroom. Like it it could be totally benign. It doesn't really matter what it is. But giving yourself that permission is what immediately shifts your identity from someone who cannot have or can't do or can't be whatever it is that you want to someone who can. And the moment you see yourself as the person for whom the relationship is inevitable, the money is inevitable, is the moment it becomes inevitable for you. And all you got to do is make the decision and give yourself the permission to have it. So that would be my piece of advice. Why not you? 
Yes. No, I mean, that's, I, I mean, it's amazing advice. And I think it's definitely, if you want to be an intentional manifester, and I, I say this all the time in Manifestation Monday, join us on Clubhouse for Manifestation Monday, every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And actually our two-year anniversary of Manifestation Monday is coming up in a month, which is wild. But anyway, crazy. But if you want to call yourself a manifester, you have to believe that the desire that you have is because that thing exists for you. Like you have to, it's like the law of correspondence. Like you, it's not coming from nowhere. And that I see so many people fighting against what they want because they're just, they just can't believe it. They just can't believe it's for them. There's so much evidence, quote unquote, evidence and feedback from our current reality, right? That give us these filters that we don't, we can't see anything different, right? And so what you said is just so important. And it is like taking the leap of faith and then understanding that that's how all of the rest of it's going to unfold. But until you take that leap, you're never going to see. So if you're standing here waiting, like, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe it until it shows up. It's like, you know, even if it does show up, you're not going to see it. You're going to totally overlook it. You're not going to know what's right for you, right? Or you're going to be like the lottery winner who wins the lottery and then is bankrupt in five years because you weren't ready for that windfall. And we get windfalls of everything, of love, of opportunity, yes. like... I tell people this all the time. I'm like, I promise you that there are many people on this planet who could be an amazing partner for you. And you have met some of them. You'll meet more, but you have met some of them. No, look at me. <laughs> I say, oh, listen, you met them. You have met them. It is how it works. You have met them, but you were not able at that time to see them, to recognize, to receive it. Because the other thing about it, especially when you, I mean, this is, I did an episode a couple of episodes ago specifically about manifesting romantic love because it's not that it's actually harder than manifesting anything else, but practically speaking, it can be because we have so much conditioning that takes us away from our true self and puts us in this conditioned self with all of these filters when it comes to romantic love. So when you mm. have so many, so many, so many filters on, like think of an mm. extreme example. So extreme examples are always helpful to illustrate. There are some people, totally stereotypical class example of like a really rich guy who wants a partner who just looks like a Barbie doll. She, he doesn't care what she thinks. He doesn't care what she believes. He doesn't want to hear what she has to say. He just wants somebody who looks a very specific way and will like, you know, do his bidding. Okay. There are people, that's what they want. It's not that that person doesn't have in his heart a true desire for love because our true selves are love. That's like, that's how our true selves operate. So we always want love, but he has so many filters through his conditioning that the only thing that he is actually open to receiving is somebody who shows up looking like his dream Barbie doll, right? And so does that mean that there were not lots of other people Lots of other people who fit what he actually needed and desired or what would have been the best fit for him. That may, All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just a matter of getting curious about, oh, what are the ways in which I am doing that? What are the filters through which I'm seeing the world? I'm so laser focused mm -hmm. on some on one thing, some conditioned idea. I don't see any other possibility. Right. And so mm -hmm. anyway, it's even like a last example about this, even like a reality dating shows. Perfect example of this. People really fall in love on reality dating shows. And why do they fall in love in five seconds? 
because they have given themselves permission. They're like, okay, this is what I am here for. I am looking for somebody to love. You're looking for somebody to love. Let's love each other, right? Maybe I need to go on a show. And then they get into the fantasy and da da da. And so because they're they don't have the self awareness, you know, typically speaking, so they're just projecting onto each other, and it becomes a whole mess. Good TV, maybe if you mm. like mess. <laughs> Less good relationships, generally speaking, right? And so it's just a matter of understanding that when you see somebody who hits all those buttons and then you're like, Ooh, and then you get excited and you decide to open your heart to that person, you've made a decision. I'm opening my heart to this one because they look, they're hitting all the the marks, right? So just imagine for whom your heart was closed. And so you couldn't see and you couldn't receive. I think what's so interesting about this is, you know, from the, the hypnotherapy standpoint of things with love, there's only one belief we need to have that will allow love into our lives. And that belief is I am lovable just as I am right now. Because often the reason that love is so hard for a lot of us is that we believe there's some part of us that isn't lovable, right? And that usually turns into there's not enough good people out there when really that's a way for us to avoid saying, I don't think a person will like this about me or love this about me. But the moment we can make peace with that and be like, oh, there was literally a slew of people out there that are designed just for me as I am now, the moment we can accept that. And again, why not me, right? Why can't I be somebody for whom multiple people were already designed and all I have to do is find one or let one in, give one the permission to get close, right? If we look at it from that perspective, people usually get into relationships a lot faster because they're like, oh, this person is going to love the fact that I'm so into astrology and all the metaphysics. This person is going to love the fact that I have dimples. This person is going to love the fact that, you know, I gained 20 pounds over quarantine. Like this person is going to love all those things about me. And guess what? I do too. Cause that's, that's the, the real piece of it. We're afraid not that we will fail or that the relationship will fail. We'll, we're afraid that we won't be able to deal with the emotions that will come up if we fail. And those emotions are not about what other people will say about us. It's they're going to say the same things I'm already saying about myself. It's other people's rejection will reflect the rejection I'm already giving myself. Like I'm pre-rejecting myself, right? In some instances by not allowing love in. And so when we can get at the core of the things that we believe other people won't love about us, that immediately tells us what the things are that we aren't accepting about ourselves. And we can immediately say, oh, I choose to accept this about myself. I'm making a decision right now to accept these parts of me, too. And in the same way that manifesting money or love are as simple as making the decision, so is accepting those parts of us when we were aware of that and can be in the space to make the decision. But what often happens is, but maybe those parts aren't lovable enough. So we usually have to do a little work with someone else to keep us from going into the pattern so that we can stay with the decision of allowing ourselves to be lovable enough as we are now. That's usually the work that we have to do with therapy or in coaching or, you know, with the, a specialist. It's not because it's hard on its own. It just takes the ability to step outside of our own programs long enough to see what they are and change them. It's like putting your, <laughs> if anybody remembers PCs from back in the day, when you would put your computer in like safe mode to do like a defrag, it's like that. But a lot of us just don't know how to put ourselves in safe mode first. 
so that we can surrender and change out the programs. Okay. You got a point or whatever. <laughs> you got a point or whatever. You know. Amen to that. I love it. And uh, okay. And that's actually a perfect segue to my final question for the two of you. Speaking of coaches and specialists and experts who can help you with these things, AC Brown and Amari Ice, how can people work with the two of you? Oh, that was easy. Um, I was like, it's like, where's the question? Well, they can go to acbrown.com and fill out my contact form, or they can email my assistant at it's assistant at acbrown.com and they can figure out how to work with me there. Um, but I work with people one on one. I like working with people long term now, and it's hard for me to let that go because it's it's really effective. I wanted to not do one on one for a long time, but I can't not get away from it because I love the relationships I build in the one on one container. Um, and I also have a program called Healing the Wound, which we heal money and just self-worth and things like that through the lens of human design and astrology. And yeah, but just reach out. If you don't see anything, just reach out and I'll tell you how to work with me. I love it. Thanks, Stacey Brown. Thank you. How about you, Amari? Yeah, I'm really easy to find. I mean, you could, I mean, just Google me, Amari Ice. <laughs> Amari with A, A-M-A-R-I. Last name is I-C-E. My website is amarimeanslove.com because it does. And then on Instagram or all the social media is at Prince Amari. I primarily work with gay singles, helping them develop their dating skills. But, you know, I'm of the mind that I'm meant to help lots of different kinds of people. So if you feel drawn or you resonate, definitely hit me up, even if you don't necessarily fit that demographic. You know, marketing, you got to be specific, doesn't mean you exclude people. So feel free to send me a message or book through my website or do whatever if you feel drawn. I do tons of things, but I usually like keep it focused. So I'm a hypnotherapist, relationship coach and matchmaker and all of that is focused on love. But I have tons of tools and expertise and lots of different methodologies, much like AC, like we can kind of do anything. It's just if you feel called, if you feel connected, like reach out and we'll figure something out. Amazing. Reach out and touch somebody's hand. Okay, somebody's hand. Yes. <laughs> and we will. Make this world a better place. If you can. Which you can. Which you can. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're the first person to ever sing on this podcast, AC Brown. Oh, I hey, love it. Listen, invite me back. I have some tunes. A and B selection by AC Brown. Girl, you're coming back. You're coming back. I think the two of you are my only repeat guests on the podcast. Actually, no, that's not true. My friend Corinne was on twice. Okay. But you're in a very select crew. <laughs> and you're my first guest on the podcast all season in two seasons. Oh, wow. Wow. I haven't had any guests in two seasons. So, so you guys are very special to me. And I thank you so much for being here. We love you so much, Franny. Thanks for having me. And also um, want to let our viewers know, viewers, listeners <laughs> know that, um, you know, Amari and AC and I, we are in month six of a six month master manifestation mastermind um, that we've been doing. And we have some clients and we meet uh, every two weeks on Zoom and we are coaching this small, amazing group 
through their particular goals and to their particular goals. And um, we are going to do a second cohort, right, guys? Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if you're interested in being part of the second round of our manifestation mentorship, did I say mastermind the first time? It's a mentorship. So we are your mentor, mentors, the three of us, and um, we work with you on specific yeah. goals that you're manifesting. So if that sounds good to you, then reach out to any of us, including me. I'm at Dear Franny everywhere, as you know. And yeah, that's it. But I, I thank you both so much for all of your wisdom and guidance. And I know that the audience is going to love it. And thank you for being on my 100th episode. Yay, Yay. 100. Thanks for having us, friend. All right. There you have it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you got some really good advice. I know that I'm excited to listen to this again, <laughs> listen to this conversation again and um, and take some notes. So hopefully you will do the same. And I just have to, again, express my gratitude and appreciation for you listening to the podcast, taking the time out of your day. And if you're brand new to the podcast, welcome. And I hope that you stick around. Season four is going to be wrapping up soon. However, season five is coming this fall and I am going to be returning to an interview format. So there'll be lots more conversations with some fascinating people coming up. So please stay tuned for that. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And if you did enjoy the podcast, I would so appreciate if you either shared it with a friend, shared it on social, or rated the podcast. We've got some great reviews and so grateful for that. And for those who've taken the time to do that, it helps the podcast and it helps me to know that um, I'm on the right track. So thank you so very much. And as to how you can get in touch with me, I'm at Dear Franny on all the socials. You can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, on Clubhouse. As I mentioned in the episode, and many of you already know, I host a room on Clubhouse every Monday about manifestation called Manifestation Monday. And that's at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern here in the U.S., 6 p.m. Central. That's midnight UK time, et cetera, et cetera. But even if you can't attend that room live, you can still catch the replay. So make sure that you find me on Clubhouse. Again, I'm at Dear Franny. And yeah, just really humbled and grateful to have this show and this opportunity to connect with you. I am still taking on a couple of clients for the fall. So if you are interested in working with me one-on-one, reach out, set up some time to talk and see if it's going to be a good fit. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are in the world. And until next time, goodbye.